Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another exciting show on the Power Network. My name is Trina Ramsey. I'm a career and life coach here in the Washington, D.C. area, and I am very excited to be kicking off another edition of a very important topic here on the Power Network. We tonight will be talking about the recent Women's March in Washington and around the world and also all of the ongoing activities and events that have happened, not just within the Women's March movement, but also within what I'll just call the resistance at large. We've got a panel here to discuss their role in launching that really powerful day of action on the day after Inauguration Day. And we actually have a 90-minute show today. So during our first 30 minutes, we'll be talking about the genesis of the Women's March movement that kicked off in January with millions of women marching all around the world. At 8 o'clock Eastern Time, we will then pivot, and we're calling it our talkback section. And we will actually have an opportunity for people to call in, share their experiences, share their insights. We would love to hear from you. As a matter of fact, the phone number, if you would like to call, is 619-924-0980. And you can call and listen that way. But if you would like to speak, you press 1 on your phone, and then we will put you in the queue to put you on the air. And then the last segment really is going to be talking about the future and looking forward, and also not just as it relates to the Women's March and that movement, but also all the various um, ways that people are waking up around the country and around the world and getting involved and and being aware. So it's a very packed evening. We're really excited. We've got some powerful women here on the line. So let's get started. So I first want to tell you a little bit about the Power Network and why we're here. We actually are a sister network to Life Coach Radio Networks, which is a collection of life coaches here on Blog Talk Radio. And we all have shows. Sometimes we do shows together like we're doing tonight, but sometimes we also will – will have solo shows, like I have a show called Career Talk with Coach Trina. After we've been around for a few years, we started getting more involved in social justice issues, issues around race, issues around um, equality, fairness, love, kindness. And our founder, Russ Terry, really came up with the idea of actually launching a sister network to the to the Life Coach Radio Networks, and we came up with the name Power Network. It's an acronym, and it stands for Peace, One Love, Wisdom, Empowerment, and Revolution. And here we really invite people to come and share their voices and share their their points of view. And actually, if you are interested and you have a, a specific point of view that you would like to share related to race, social justice, LGBTQ issues, uh, of the variety of things that are really about the power of the people. We would love to hear from you and get you on the air as well. You could actually have your own show. 
So if you hadn't thought about being on air, you certainly have the opportunity to do so. So with that said, I'm going to kick off the show in our first segment. And I also want to acknowledge uh, Philomena, who is one of our peers at Life Coach Radio Networks, who was planning to be on air with us, but wasn't feeling well. So we're carrying the torch for her. And also my um, counterpart, Laura, who is going to be leading us in the second segment, and we'll and we'll, we both will be on the air later. So for this first segment about this, the launch of the Women's Network, I'm sorry, the Women's March on Washington and around the world, I have three women who were intimately involved in getting this going. And I'm going to introduce you in the order that I met you online. And so first I'm going to ask Michelle to say hi and introduce introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, how you got involved, and um, then we'll introduce the other ladies. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Hello. Um, uh, ooh, I've got to get into back. Um, so um, I got well, involved, I got involved actually, actually because, because Marie, Marie um, asked me to become involved. I hadn't intended on attending the march or participating in any way, shape, or form, but um, Marie uh, went to a meeting and contacted me and was like, Michelle, you have to do this. And I, have, I won't lie, I was very hesitant about doing it. I think I had a lot of the same reservations that a lot of women of color had about the march. But I thought, you know, I need to show up. So I showed up. And um, I think it was one of the best decisions that I made. It was, it was a great experience to be behind the scenes putting, putting things together. Um, I forgot to say who I just realized I forgot to say who I am. But I'm an attorney. I'm Washington, D.C.-based, um, originally from the Midwest in Milwaukee, which is one of the reasons I wanted to participate once I made the decision. Um, there's a lot of talk about... Um, we're all in our tunnels or we're not a very diverse kind of group of people. And I'm like, well, I'm diverse. I'm not from the East Coast. I'm not an East Coaster. I'm a Midwesterner who lives here. Um, And it was just an opportunity to meet a lot of different women from lots of different walks of life. And I think it's one of the most important things that I've done. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you for pushing past your reservations and, and participating. And thank you, Marie, for getting Michelle involved. So, Marie, <laughs> you please introduce yourself. Hi, ladies. Um, I'm Marie Smith, and um, I'm also an attorney in Washington, D.C. I'm also an educator, um, college-level educator. And that particularly excites me because um, – with getting involved because I had the opportunity to meet people from all sorts of backgrounds and most of my students are actually returning to education or people who had never gone to college. So I'm dealing with adults from a diverse background. I got involved with the Women's March when I met the Maryland chapter's main organizer, Stacy Small, in an elevator in downtown Washington um, mm. after work. It was probably, I was rushing to a meeting and she was rushing to go home and we bumped into each other in an elevator and struck up a conversation when we started talking about how 
odd it is that sometimes you start to get off of the elevator too soon, and before you know it, we're walking out of the building together, and she was just mentioning how she was in, had just been asked to organize the Women's March on Washington's Maryland chapter a couple few days um, past. And I said to her, I've been watching what's going on with our country, and I want to get involved, and I'm not sure how I can do that. Um, I had re- just recently taken up the responsibility of running a high school student, um, high school, college, and career preparatory program where um, I help guide students towards their path for college or, or career, and I began to really feel the burden of that in light of the events in our country. So when Stacy told me that she was about to start organizing for the Maryland chapter, I said, this is, this is fate. And then we found out as we chatted that this was over about seven minutes max. Then we found out that her last name was small. And I was, I said to her, wow, that's, that was my birth name as well, small. And I don't meet a lot of people of that name. And it was history after that. And we've been working together from that moment. And I immediately started to, evangelize for the march because once she explained to me what the national organizers goals and objectives were and what hers were on the Maryland level I took it on 100% and that's when I got Michelle involved and several other people um just spreading the word for the the worthy cause and an early response to um what we were dealing with after the election Awesome. Now, I, one of the things that strikes me about this is sometimes you never know how a chance meeting will alter the course of your life, right? And, and especially in an elevator, because, you know, in an elevator, you know, people are usually like not making eye contact and, you know, a little bit closed off and just, you know, focused on let's just get to my floor so I can get off. So, so I think that's awesome. So we have one more panelist, and I'm going to pass the mic now to Wendy. Wendy, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Trina. Um, it's great to be here. So um, my name is Wendy Shia, and I am a clinical assistant professor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work. And I run a center um, at the School of Social Work that's focused on outreach, um, particularly working with um, communities around issues related to poverty and oppression. And um, I, like, I think, I think like uh, Marie, um, met, um, I was introduced to Stacy Smalls by someone in my church who was doing um, organizing for the Women's March in, in D.C. And I was interested in really finding out how I could be involved um, to help organize in Maryland, particularly because so many women of color were not certain um, whether this march was a good idea for us. And um, I really felt strongly that where um, so many um, in the past, you know, feminism or, or anything related to women's rights has really sort of been something that um, has been seen as something that white women do, that this was a time, if there had ever been a time, um, for women of color and white women to come together um, 
around issues that impact all of us. And so um, I had the opportunity to, to talk to Stacy and to really get involved. Um, I, you know, first I just wanted to really sort of help talk to more women of color about why this was an important movement for us um, to come together around. Um, and then I eventually became um, involved with um, supporting um, the work of um, how people with disabilities could become, um, could be fully um, integrated into this, this march. And so that was the way in which I supported um, the Women's March um, that day and have continued to since then. It's been really exciting. Awesome. Awesome. And I definitely, um, because as an African-American woman, I definitely ran into some of that same reservation. So I want to make sure that we mm-hmm. touch upon it. I'm not sure if we'll do it on this segment or maybe a little bit later in the show. Um, it is important to, to recognize that even for something that on the face may seem like a unified thing, that there are definitely reservations that people have about getting involved. And I'm really glad that all of you did. So, so again, what a powerful day. I was there. I had friends in from out of town and um, it was just really a wonderful day, especially, and it just felt like being able to take back the power and, and some of the energy that some of us have been having kind of drained out of us since day, just kind of the disbelief, the moment of time we are in in our country and and seeing how it turned out. I would love to hear from from at least a couple of you what your impression was about that day as opposed to what you thought was going to happen when you were pinning. So I'll go to Marie for that one. Marie, you want to start? I'll start. Um, I really did not know what to expect. When you're planning something and you are responsible for shaping the experience that other people will have, you have high expectations. I was very hopeful, optimistic, that we would meet the the national organizers' goal of, I think they, the, they had a permit for 100,000 people. And as we progressed with the planning process and attended meetings, I kept saying to people, I feel like, we're going to far exceed that number. Uh, I, I was basing that on the excitement that we were getting, and because we were organizing for Maryland, which is a gateway to the nation's capital, we got a lot of the questions from all over the country and all over the world that might normally go to D.C. So we were able to gauge pretty well what the attendance would be, what the expectations um, in terms of transportation. So I got a feeling that it would be a lot bigger, but I didn't have really anything to hang that on. So when I got there that morning, first of all, I had gathered friends and family um, and insisted that they all, that we all come along together. And uh, I, I was supposed, I was working actually on Wendy's team for ADA, accommodating people with disabilities. And I made my way over there far earlier than I was supposed to be there, a couple of hours <laughs> early. And mm-hmm. as I tried to go to the ADA tent, 
within 15 minutes of getting there, they, they were thousands of people behind me and in, ahead of me, and we had gotten so impacted that I couldn't move. The area where Marilyn had agreed to meet was, a, was several feet in front of me, and I was talking to another Marilyn organizer, Ted, who was standing there holding the spot for us and asking him where he was, and he, I could see him, but I couldn't get there because the crowd was so large and so packed. So what I expected was a large crowd and a lot of excitement. Um, that, in fact, happened. I met people from all over the country. I met people from various parts of the world. The whole thing was just as peaceful as thought it would be. Um, but I never could have imagined the number of people that actually showed up to the point where we actually filled up the entire route and could not <laughs> physically march along mm-hmm. that route. So mm-hmm. the the entire the entire march far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was it was really a powerful day. I'm going to pause because I see there's someone on on the line. You definitely can listen if you would like. If you do want to make a comment, push one on your phone, and that's the equivalent of you raising your hand, and we can put you on the air. Um, yeah, and I, I just love your enthusiasm, Marie, and I love the the um, fact that you called it evangelism. <laughs> because I, I can, you know, I can, you know, based on what Michelle was saying and based on the way that um, your energy, I can tell that this is something that you just really took on with a vengeance. So speaking of Michelle, I'm going to pass the mic to you and I'm going to um, ask, considering that you were reluctant coming in, what has shifted for you as a, as a result of participating? Well, a lot of things have shifted for me. Um, I've gotten involved in so many activities since the Women's March just because it inspired, it, it woke me up. You know, it made me realize that there are so many, you know, people love to use the word, you know, intersectional, and what does that really mean? And participating with the fantastic and wonderful women of that march, I started to get an understanding that it's not just that I'm a woman and that I'm black. There are so many other things that are going on around me and that if I could choose to take a stand on one issue, um, I could start going from one thing, from, like, women's issues. Now I've moved on um, to sort of, like, connecting that to immigration issues, right, because there are women, there are immigrants, and all of these things are highly connected and um I think that if uh, you're like me and I was just like, oh, feminist, blah, 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 you don't really, you don't, I didn't even really know what it was that I didn't like. <laughs> so I just, I gave it a, uh, no, seriously, it was just one of those things that I think we all do, you just kind of say, meh, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Um, but I think going to a meeting and then when I got there, it wasn't just, you know, white women, right? Our group in particular had a lot of women of color. There were Muslim women there. There were Southeast Asian women there, and we all had one thing in common, which was we found that we all felt more vulnerable than we had before because of the sort of rhetoric that had enveloped our entire, um, you know, uh, presidential election season. And we just saw our voices need to be heard. They need to hear from us and know that 
this isn't okay with us. And so I've just taken that, and I was like, yes, I agree with that. And that's sort of where I stayed. And I'm like, and there are so many other things I don't agree with, not only as a woman, but as a woman of color, and it just sort of, like, builds on itself. Um, And so I'm glad I changed my mind about it. And I have lots of discussions with friends who haven't changed their mind about it, right? Like, they don't think that it's their role. They don't think this is something that we should be doing. But at the end of the day, in fact, I think the way that Marie convinced me uh, was something along the lines she said, you know, Michelle, if we don't show up, how can we make the change? Mm. So that was a big selling point. If, if we weren't there, how could we have made it anything different? So we had to be there because we need to say that women, not only did women of color come to the march, you know, there's lots of talk about that, but women of color helped plan this. <laughs> we weren't just mm-hmm. there. We mm-hmm. planned it. We right. drove it mm-hmm. as well, you know. Mm-hmm. It was our march, mm-hmm. too. That's right. That's powerful. Who was that? Who was that in the Amen Cornish? Oh, you can me, go Wendy. ahead and chime in. Go ahead, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I, you know, I, I agree. And, I, and, you know, and, and w- one of the things that I had to keep reminding myself was that this movement is bigger than any one person. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, so there, you know, so, so there, there in any movement, there are things that, that people don't like. And and so what I had to keep reminding myself and what I said to several people is that we need to find the places where we come together and where we have our commonalities. There's a there is a there is a nucleus, there is a nugget in the middle that we all agree on. And and that's where we need to that's where we need to stay very focused. We we need to not get caught up on the edges because in any movement you can go off on the edges and you can find some place where you disagree with the person that's standing next to you, but we can do that forever. This movement has got to be bigger than any one person. It's got to be the place where we all come together. And, and if we can just stay focused on that, we can change the world. Um, and we just got to keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. And, and uh, Michelle, you had mentioned about the issues and about um, the one or multiple issues. And I actually thought that that was a stroke of genius. And I've heard criticism about the fact oh, I'm trying to stand for too many things and it's just too diffused. But what I witnessed myself walking around and seeing when you see, especially people who chose to carry the signs that listed all of the issues, mm-hmm. immigration, reproductive mm-hmm. rights, um, LGBT rights, environment. This is really, again, about why it was so powerful and why I think so many people showed up because in that one day, people could stand for all the different things that are under attack right now and find that commonality. So I, I agree with that. Oh, sorry. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say, I agree with that so much. And I was there for so many different reasons, you know, not mm-hmm. just because I'm a woman, I'm a black woman who has friends who are immigrants who has, you know, friends who are LGBT. And I want, we were all there under that one umbrella together to, support each other and to make our voices heard is very important. Yeah. Yeah. So something just popped in my head and um, this is um, one of my um, 
idiosyncrasies as host. So when I get a hit, I just decide to go with it. So I want to do a, a really quick word association game. Cool. There were two words that I felt really were endemic of that day. And one of them was love. So, um, Marie, I'm going to ask you if there, how that connects to any of what your experience was that day. That absolutely connects. The group that was around me, I, I stood in the same spot for the for about five hours, I think, from mm. I guess seven a.m. until about two, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of love. There was so much support at several times during the um, time that we were there. People, there were people who got sick. There was a pregnant woman, and it was so orderly the way we handled it. A person would, people would shout, doctor, doctor, and it would reverberate throughout the mm-hmm. crowd. A doctor would identify themselves, and the, a path, even in that shoulder-to-shoulder crowd, a path would be made for the person in need of help to get the help that they needed. There were, there were no incidents, no problems, nothing. So the love was very powerful throughout. Nobody's differences rose up to interfere with our goal of making love the bigger purpose around us. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of brings me something to sort of tie together what all of us have really been adding in the this last couple of minutes, which is intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And that became my goal as I struggled to decide what this all means to me and whether it was going to be a one-time thing for me or a life-changing event. Mm-hmm. And I decided it, it, was, it is going to be a life-changing event for me and that it is about, at its very center, as Wendy pointed out, intersectionality, knowing that regardless of the label that society has given us or even the labels that we have taken upon for ourselves, we all have something in common that can bring us together to fight for a common goal of humanity, which is to say Mm -hmm. that we must treat everyone in a humane way. And intersectionality is that string that ties us all together to fight for humanity. Yeah, very powerful, very powerful. And um, as we as we round out this segment, um, I want to ask each of you to share a word that comes to mind for you. So, Wendy, I'll go to you next. You can say the word and then say kind of your reflections on that. Power. Power. I, you know, I I I was I spent most of the day in the seating area for people with disabilities, and I I felt that um, you know. People, the, the, about 40, over 45,000 people with disabilities showed up at the Women's March, probably wow. the largest showing of people with disabilities. Um, and, um, and, and because people with disabilities were, were insulted by our president-elect, um, and they came out um, mm. to show their power, um, that they could come walking, rolling, and that to show them that they are powerful and they hold power and they will show their power, they will use their power. 
And um, and that's going to continue. We're going to see a lot more power. Um, and so this idea of intersectionality is that, that, that women, um, you know, there are all different kinds of women. And, um, and so we really got to see some real power that day. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that I – um, you know, gosh, I spent a lot of time, as many of us, since the election, just feeling like, now what? What are we going to do? And I really do feel like if one thing good came out of the result of the election is that people woke up and reclaimed their power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that people had been asleep. Yeah. And just kind of assuming that, you know, that our elected officials would take care of us. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. so Michelle, is there a word that comes to mind for you? Yeah, my word is connection, um, mm. because I think that we were. In, <laughs> it was it was amazing to be in this crowd of people, some of whom were very like you, some of whom were nothing like you, um, but we all sort of came together in a moment. And I had so many conversations with people that day because, you know, there was a lot of time. Um, I, unfortunately, was not close enough to hear any of sort of like the speakers that were uh, presenting that day or that. uh, So we just kind of talked amongst ourselves, you know, and we ate our snacks and all of those sorts of things. But we started realizing one by one in different connections. Well, I'm here with like, I came with like maybe 10 or nine people, but the people around me, I had so much in common with them too. And it was a really important moment. I think it goes, it, you know, goes hand in hand with intersectional uh, sort of that idea that, you know, all of these things are connected. It was, I think the living embodiment of the connection, right? It's all of these women, we're all different, but yet we're all the same. And this is, mm-hmm. this is really important. So feeling connected in that moment was a very powerful thing and something that I've been able to carry forward with me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And so, Marie, I'm going to swing back to you because I gave you a word, but I want you to say your own word as well. Strength. Together we are stronger. And we showed that that day, didn't we? Because we didn't – not just 100,000 of us showed up. Over a million of us showed up. And we were women. We were children. We were men. We were America. Mm -hmm. And we showed our strength in our numbers. So for me, I have my moments still during the planning phase and even now where I I wonder to myself, are we going to be able to get back on track to that arc that Dr. King talked about, the the arc Mm -hmm. of justice, the arc Mm -hmm. of, that we're all going for? which is ultimate to justice, will we be able to get back on that track? And I think the answer always ultimately, even after I'm down, is yes, because mm-hmm. with our numbers, we have strength. Yes, yes. And um, and honestly, the thing that blew me away is that it wasn't just in D.C., even though I have been to marches in D.C., and this one far outpaced a lot of the other, you know, things that I have been involved in. I have to say, including Inauguration Day for um, for Obama the first time around. There were more people that came out for that march for Obama's first inauguration. Um, so it's, it's very, very enheartening to know that people and people are showing up at town hall meetings, and we're going to talk about all of that as well. Um, but 
now it's time for us to segue to our talkback section. So I'm going to pass the moderator seat over to my colleague, Laura Molitor. Laura. Hi there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. What a wonderful segment and just a beautiful introduction to our program today. Um, You are all such wonderful spirits with so much good to share. I'm all hyped up and ready for the next thing that's going to come next. I want to work with you all. You have these beautiful stories and this wonderful outlook. I'm a life uh, life coach as well. I just started with the, the networks here, and I'm really, really excited that when I started was when the Power Network kicked off because I am passionate about all these ideas that we are embodying here, peace, one love, wisdom, empowerment, revolution. I have a particular love for the idea of unity and mindfulness, having that, the sense that the right mind, that loving thought, um, the, the unified mind can make a big difference in the world. And, and you all are, are doing that with, with um, you know, tapping into each other's uh, power and recognizing um, connections that you can make and then going out and doing it. So I'm just delighted to be a part of this program today. It's it's just a wonderful idea and looking forward to where we can take it going forward. So what I'm going to be doing now is just taking some callers and hearing about where other people's experiences at the marches um, here um, or, or in, in Washington or in other places. Now, I'm based in Austin, Texas, and, and I have a, a colleague friend here that is uh, went to the Austin March, which had, I guess, you know, it's a huge amount of people and um, as not certainly like Washington, but I think, you know, it just each of the cities were just all full of wonderful, um, powerful women doing their thing. And to me, when I've been looking at all of these before I bring these people in, was just looking at all these different places across the country and across the world where there's just kickoff marches and um, it just was spreading like wildfire, but peaceful and um everything about that said, you know, it's not just women rising up. We're just Americans. It's just America being America at its best. And that, that was so heartening to me. Um, So much made me believe more in the power of what this next moment for us is going to be um, than I thought I would feel on the day after the election. So um, thank you all for doing that. Um, I'm going to See if I can um, bring in our first caller here. Why am I not being able to get her on here? Let's see. All righty. Let me see if I can bring in Jana Norton Ramirez, who is to the uh, march here in Austin, Texas, and wanted to call in and talk about her experiences. Let me see if I can bring her in. Jana, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Great. Yeah, you sound great. So thank you so much okay. for calling in. Um, You're welcome. Gonna ask, yeah, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and um, then we'll we'll see if there's any other people that call in as well from any of the marches. And please, everybody is invited to call in. Uh, the number, again, is 
919-924-0980, and you'll want to hit um, one to, to be put into the queue to be um, put online with us. So um, first question, um, a real simple, basic one, but why was it important to you to go to the march? Um, just to be active, to, to be there. I mean, I, I'm a person that has social anxiety. And so like for me to be in a big group of people is a real big deal for me. But I met this group um, on Facebook. Actually, I met somebody in a rally a year ago. And she told me about this Facebook group called What Happens in Texas. And they decided to all join in Austin to go on this march. And so I met them at the Capitol building, which is huge and um, a big spacious area. And it was hard to find them. And I just wanted to be there as a group and do this march. And it was amazing. I mean, amazing. It it just, it was overpowering energy wise. What was, uh, what was the mood when you, you know, what was the atmosphere that you felt when you went? Um, if you've ever been to like an NFL game or a really, really good concert and you have like that energy, that, that Mm -hmm. like all those people with the same motivations of being there, that is what it felt like. That's wonderful. Just just mind blowing, mind blowing with that many people there. Well, I think the thing too, that, that, you know, we know that we're like Austin is in the center of, of Texas and Texas is, not um, known for its, you know, progressive thinking, but Austin is, and and it's, it's yeah. a great in the middle of this state to be a part of something where you can really unify in such a huge way, right in the middle of uh, of a state that is is in conflict with some of what you know, we who were marching um, believe in it. I think there's some even sort of extra power in that, just a resonance that goes with kind of being here and, and, and knowing we are believing what we're believing in front of a capital that, that many times, you know, will uh, choose to do things that we, we are not in agreement with. Um, now, Jana, you're also, exactly. you're engaged in, in, um, in work, uh, elected official work, right? Can I ask you about that at all? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. How did that I'm, um, That's um, recent. Yeah, yeah. I just got elected in November. I'm a, a MUD director, and so if you know about MUDs, then you'll know all about that. But um, it's a municipal utilities district, so we're not Austin. We're not Cedar Park. We're kind of in between both. Um, so, you know, we make decisions on what's going on in the district for our neighbors. So... It was quite the experience, and yeah, yeah. So when you went Actually, to the march, did you did you you said you went with people, or did you meet people when you were there? I drove myself there, <laughs> yeah, and then I met people there, which was really hard because once you get there, there's so many cell phones going off where you can't text people, so it's you got to call them like the old days, and so it's like, where are you? I'm by this cannon. I'm like, there's like 16 cannons in front of this Capitol building. So um, I finally found everybody, and I found, you know, my friend Cindy. I met a friend Cindy and, you know, several other people, and so, um, and they're, you know, and they got us started on, you know, everybody had signs and different kinds of signs, and it wasn't all women. I mean, I would say maybe three-fourths were women, and the rest were men, and kids, and 
everybody. It wasn't wasn't just women at all. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, and that's the way it should be. I mean, that's when I think we were talking about sort of the the um, the um, the sense that it's a you know it's it's an American it's thing, it's a unifying thing, and that it's certainly the whole revolution that we're doing with the march was to bring bring out the equality and and power for everybody. And so the fact that we're getting other people uh, wanting to get involved um, from you know all areas. And you were ta- everybody was talking earlier here about, you know, different causes for different reasons. And that it was still just a, a mm-hmm. very powerful thing for us to, to, to do together. Let me ask you one more question. What, um, what was your biggest takeaway? Or maybe it's two questions. What was your biggest takeaway? And how do you want to go forward? Or do you, you know, how do you feel uh, about going forward with more activism? Um, I think my biggest takeaway is just meeting people in person that I haven't met. You know, I've in li- in real life, you know, I've met them on Facebook. I mean, a few of them I've met in real life, but just meeting these new people and getting to know their personalities and it was just amazing to talk to them and meet with them after and talk about our different experiences on how we felt about the election and everything, you know. So, um that was my biggest deal I mean it it was pretty amazing and from here on out I'm just going to continue to be active and you know remind people that votes do count I mean a lot of people don't think that their vote counts and it does it's very Mm -hmm. important to register to vote and I register voters all the time you know I'm active in my community and you know you know I just live in a little part of Austin so it's all we can do really is you know, encourage others to become active as much as they can. That's a great thing. Yeah. And there's no small action. I think that's kind of what you're saying too, is the vote does count mm-hmm. and the actions that we take do count. And, you know, we're one person in a, in a huge march, but without each person that is there, the march is not anything. So it, we all count. We all matter. Um, that's wonderful. Yep. Thank you so much, Jana, for calling in. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. You taking the time and for all that you're doing. Keep up the great work. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about, I think, in the last segment a little bit about what next steps might be out there for people. So keep listening in and would love to have you uh, participate okay. in some of, of whatever's coming up. I want to hear what that's all about, too. <laughs> I see some okay, other callers thanks. here. Hey. Okay, bye-bye. I see other callers here. Could you please, uh, if anybody wants to talk right now, uh, get on the air and share their experiences from any of the women's marches that they went to, please uh, hit one now so that I know that you want to talk. That's a raised hand, and then I'll be able to uh, chime you in. Okay, I have a couple of callers, but nobody's raising their hands. It doesn't look like, unless there's something I'm not understanding. Okay, girls, I may be turning back to you guys to talk a little bit more about um, what you have done. Uh, what you have felt from the the march, I may be calling on, upon some of some of our um, earlier um, talkers here, Michelle, Marie, Wendy, and 
Trina herself to maybe chime in. And also I'll, I'll just ask some of you guys a little bit of some of the same questions. I think I'd like to still get a little bit of a sense of what, um, what the experience was like for you. I mean, um, the takeaway, I think, and we talked a little bit about that, but I, I would just kind of like to know, perhaps I'll just throw it out to, let's say, Wendy. You talked a little bit about, I think you were the one that was with the the people with disabilities, and I just loved what you said about how um, that the power that, that you felt there. Could we talk a little bit more about that experience? Because I think power is like a big key thing here. It's just like feeling empowered. Yes, I'm going to tell you that, but I'm also I also want to tell you that somebody's texting me that they are trying to ask a question. Oh, okay. And that right. person has a mobile number of uh, 410776. Do you see that person? 410776. Yeah, seven seven six. Four one oh, but I don't see that. And I have people calling in but they can listen without um, you know, raising their hand. So I don't want to bring anybody on the air that doesn't want to come on and I don't okay. see a four one oh. I would say um, Wendy, can you have her um him or her call like hang up and call again? Maybe yeah, I'll take a little Okay. I don't want to miss anybody. I wanna make sure I'm not missing yeah. anybody. Um, okay. Hang up and call again. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, okay, yep, they heard you. <laughs> um, so, you know, this, this issue of power, I, you know, I can, I can even speak for myself. I think that, you know. That's who since, I want you to speak for. Yeah. That's what I want yeah, to Yeah. Since, since the March, I mean, I think, you know, I got involved in the March because I, I was interested, but I think that what's happened for me is that I really have, Seeing all of those people out there, and um, and and you know, seeing all the signs, and and realizing how many people um, came, um, you know, there were very young children out there, and there were um, older adults out there, and there were people who came, you know, from very long distances, and I, you know, I really realized that the idea of the the raised voice. And showing up is so amazingly powerful. And you know, and, and I, my children were there, um, even though I was working and I got there at five thirty. But, but then in the morning, but then but then my family came later, and um, and and it was it was profound for my children to see um, to see the crowds of people and to understand that they have a voice. And so since then, what's been amazing is. I've been being able to, you know, I don't think I've ever written to my legislators, my lawmakers. I don't think I've called as many times. I mean, I have got my senators and Congress people and my local lawmakers like on speed dial on my cell phone. You know, I mean, I I wake up in the morning and I think of who am I going to call this morning and what issue am I going to talk about? You know, um, because I because. I, Starting from that march, I I now understand. I, I think I, I mean I, I understood at a at a very cognitive level before um, the role I had to play in in shaping this society. But after that march, I really get it. I mean, there's there, there was a, a switch that happened for me that day. There was a transition that happened for me about not just 
the role I have to play, but the immense responsibility that sits on the shoulders of every single one of us to really shape what happens around us and that we can't sit back and expect um, that things will go the way we think they'll go because, boy, have we found out the hard way that that doesn't necessarily happen. And voting at the general election is not enough. And so, um, and so I walked away feeling powerful because, one, I know I'm not alone. I looked out there and I saw hundreds of thousands of people who were with me, and I realized that with all these other people, there's a lot I can do. And so, you know, it has really changed the way I, I see my role in civics in, in society. Thank you. I love that. I love that. Um, it was just I'm, I'm thinking so much about that that sense of of wanting to just um, do do more and see the the that we can do more. The the whole idea of opportunity um, coming up is that you know for me is that this is not it, it is an opportunity to really stop just allowing things to just kind of simmer and be uncomfortable and say okay, but. I want to do something and I can do something. I was thinking about the March. Yeah. Now, how long did it take for this to get put together? It wasn't really an awful long time for so many people to come out. Am I right? Right. You're right. Yeah. This is Marie. Um, it was, it, the organizers began, if I recall correctly, the national organizers began in November, early November. And the Maryland organizers, we began in January uh, to organize, I'm sorry, in December to organize for this march. And it had to be done so quickly, but we were fueled by our passion and our sense of urgency and our realization that more than usual, history was in the making and if we wanted to help shape history in a way that we could feel positive about going forward, that we needed to be on board and we needed all hands on deck right away. So it didn't feel overbearing or cumbersome or difficult because there were so many of us and we were all so committed and, and fueled by our sense of urgency. And um, i wanted to piggyback on something that Wendy added about activism and how um, it has changed me because now um, I, I have an alarm at seven days a week, call Congress, so that no matter what, every single day at 8 a.m., I get an alarm that says call Congress, and it forces me to check with all my various resources, my connections, my contacts, what should I be calling Congress about today? And I have to call Congress at least five days a week is my goal. Um, I don't always meet that goal, of course, because things happen and sometimes you don't feel up to it. But at least I feel that I have that reminder that tells me I have a responsibility to contact the people who are, are the beneficiaries of, of my tax dollars, whom I've given my vote to, who are responsible for making sure that our society is on the right path, to communicating with them um, as often as I can during the week. And if I could, I just wanted to share a really quick story about how sometimes we have to remind ourselves never to take for granted 
who may be willing or interested in supporting the cause of treating everyone in our society humanely. And the day of the march, uh, I was surprised to find that my brother who lives in West Palm Beach, Florida, was also in the D.C. area and had no idea about this march, um, had no plans to attend the march. And I, neither I nor my sister, who also was planning to attend the march and lives in the D.C. area, neither of us had told him anything about the march. And I think it was because we assumed, knowing him, that perhaps, it was. It would not be something that he might be interested in. Well, with him being there, we decided that he was going. You're going. That's it. Come on, let's go. And he was willing. And we walked from my sister's house, who lives um, near Capitol Hill, all the way down to the staging ground. And as we walked, he asked a lot of questions and became so interested. That I find myself surprised at his level of interest, and then he went from being interested to owning it. We early on ran into some wonderful people who had collected um, pink pussycat hats that were knitted from all over the world, and everyone in my group got a hat. And my brother, who is a pretty conservative, Caribbean-born, African-American, Latino guy, got one of those hats, and he put that hat on, and he asked for a photo, and he owned it. And I heard him making conversations (laughs) with people all around us. That's great. And speaking up in ways that I felt kind of uh, odd about after thinking to myself, why don't I know that my brother has this kind of passion about these topics? And now he's part of a group that – you know, it's part of my movement of microactivism, and I encourage everyone to do micro to become a microactivist. Um, yeah, get a group that's of people. We all know, yeah, we all know people who want to do something, but they don't know what they want to do. Well, you're their their uh, pathway to doing a little something once in a while, if not every day. Um, right. So it tells us all. You never know who might be on board. So talk yeah. to someone. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of those opportunities a little bit later. I've got some callers. I'm going to try to chime them in here if I've got this right. Um, I have a 443 area code. I'm going to ring you in um, and uh, identify yourself. Caller, are you there? 443 area code. Uh, Yes, I am. Hi. 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 Tell me your name and where you're calling from. Uh, My name is Clinton Devereaux, and I'm calling from uh, Windsor Mill, Maryland. Wonderful. And uh, were you an attendee at one of the marches? <laughs> Absolutely. I was Great. at the, uh, the the march on. I was at the march on D.C. Okay. How about you tell me a little bit about your experience? Why you went and um, how it felt and your takeaway? Yeah. Well, the the the, the primary reason why I went is because uh, I am um, you know lucky enough to have a lot of strong women in my life, um, women who um, you know were, were very were instrumental um, in um, shaping the the man that I've become, and um, I felt that if I couldn't do anything else, um, it, the least that I could do um, is to uh, go out and show my support. 
um, you know, for for these women, uh, the women in my life, and and also, you know, the. I felt too that uh, you know because of the current political uh, political climate, um, you know it's and we're all aware of what's happening, so I won't uh, waste time repeating that. But uh, you know the it, it just feels like there's, there's an existential threat, um, and um, and and I felt uh, that I was that, that this opportunity was for me to go out and to uh, express my concerns. Um, the way that I felt like the majority of Americans felt about what was happening uh, to our country. Um, so, and do you feel like that, I mean, I, that was the right, that met that need for you to do that? Did that feel like going out there kind of met that need within? It, it, it did, um, but I feel like there's also so much more. And, and one of the things that I'm afraid of um, uh, you know, maybe unsubstantiated fear, but uh, I'm, I'm afraid that this this energy. I heard a lot of the other callers talking about the energy um, and the uh, momentum. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I fear that it may fade, um, especially in the minds of those that these marches are, are meant to um, you know to speak to, um, you know, directly, like you know the the um, uh, the president and his cabinet and, and you know the, the 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 right and far right. Um, and so one of my fears is that it, it, it you know, the momentum will lose momentum, and um, I, I just want it to continue to matter as much as it did, and it will always for me, and I'm sure the people that uh, that were a part of it, but uh, to those that um, that we're sending this message out to, you know, the, the folks that we yeah. want to hear it, you know, on the right, yeah. that it doesn't fizzle out for them. They, we, I, I would, I would hope that they keep in mind. That um, you know that this is a, a huge portion of America that spoke to them that day, and that told them that we're just not going to um, we're not going to stand for it. You know, and, great, really, really good point, really good point, and and I think that's what we're, why we're here now after the fact is to say okay we're not done and we have to be we have to be not done we can't just go take the warm glow of it and just let it go which I think we've all said, you know, we're doing calls and things like that, but that it has to, the voice has to be loud and it has to be heard. Um, and we have to do it in a way that is also um, feels like, um, feels powerful, but also still feels like it meets the values that we are coming from. So I, I, I yes. love your comments and I love your enthusiasm. And I really want to thank you so much for calling in. I think I'm going to go to another caller here, unless you have anything else you wanted to say real quick. Well, I, I would. I would like to say hi to Wendy and and, <laughs> um, and, and, and thank her <laughs> and, and thank her for uh, allowing me to be a part of that and to experience that. I mean, it was just an amazing experience. Um, it, it, you know, it was visceral, um, and it was just so. It was a, it was just an amazing thing to be a part of. I've never been a part of something that grand in my life, um, and it was yeah. just an amazing. Um, an amazing event. It brought about, it, it fostered solidarity. Um, it sent a, a huge message to those that are in power again. And, um, and it also provides, uh, you know, it, it provides a brand or a container, right? Um, because mm-hmm. the Women's March, I think, I don't think that men could have done something like this. And I, I just think that, um, you know, the, the, the power of women uh, really is, is what made this happen. Um, because again, I don't think that men could have I just don't. I just don't think that we could have organized <laughs> and and, uh, and done it such so peacefully and so meaningfully. Uh, you know, it, w- it was just so poignant and meaningful, and, um, and it was amazing. Love it. Well, thank thank you. you. Thanks, Clinton. Thanks <laughs> thank for calling you. in. 
Thanks for all you're doing. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay. Let me go to caller at 646 area code. Bring me in there. Hello. Are you there? Hi, I am. Hi. Identify yourself, please, or introduce yourself. This is LJ What's the name? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, can you hear me? Re- yeah, could you repeat again? I was talking over you. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is LJ Sal. Okay. And you were a and I was, at one? I was. I actually went into the, when I first heard it, it, was, it wasn't even a choice for me. It was just where I was going to be. It was my birthday weekend, and it was just beginning to organize when I first saw it. And I knew this was where I was going to be spending my birthday. As disorganized as it was, this is where I was going to be. It actually was not a choice. It was just the way that it was. And I actually attended with Trina. Hey, (laughs) Hey, Trina. And so for me, the most powerful thing about this march was being there with my niece. It was her first time actually being involved in such a movement. And for the months of preparation, I just looked forward to just hanging with her and Trina. And we went to this march. The most moving part of it, though, was towards the end of the, when we got towards the end of the march, we were by the, the, the White House. And I started playing this song, and the tears started flowing down her eyes. And she just couldn't believe that she had been part of this moment. Right, oh. and she just started crying, and then oh. people actually started getting. And I had this little hand speaker, and I was blasting this song, and people started getting what I was doing. And they would just hold up their sign; they wouldn't say a word. People wouldn't say a word. They just would hold up whatever sign that they had, and oh. walk past the, the camera, the video, and then someone else would hold up their sign without saying a word. And it was just such a powerful oh. moment. So the 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 thing for me was. Because I know I mattered. And because I mattered, I needed to be there. Uh And because my niece mattered, I needed to have her there. And that connection that we had at that march could not be broken. And it actually has changed who she is as her core. And her involvement. How old is your niece? Or about how old is your niece? She's She's 32. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it was just, and then we went to the Schomburg afterwards. So the whole thing, the whole, I'm going to say this as well. You know, when I decided to go, to, all I knew was this march on Washington. I didn't know anything else. As I was at the march, I didn't even know or realize that there were people marching all over. And at, towards the end, you got to realize that people were actually marching all over. They were in New York, where I had come from. They were in different countries. And that, mm-hmm. that, that, that the, the knowledge to know that we were not alone, but this was a worldwide movement, just shook me to the core. Oh, gosh, you just, you just shook me to the core talking about just describing it. Uh, you, you paint a very beautiful picture of, of the feeling and the, the time um, I felt like I was getting a inside view of everything 
And yeah, the whole connection, uh, the the unified. Um, I love that what you were saying about feeling like you mattered. Uh, the fact that it, it's a very personal thing, uh, but also a very mm-hmm. universal thing. And that's you know mm-hmm. nothing. That's a that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for calling in and for your wonderful thoughts. Um, I don't think I'm seeing any other callers here on the dashboard. Can I piggyback real quick? Yeah, please. I want to acknowledge that. LJ was my Marie. Um, (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, you know, and being here in D.C., I actually was in a social justice organization, so I, I attend a lot of these things. And when, when like, she hit me up immediately and was like, okay, I'm going to I sure. You're popping in and out a little bit. Am I? Yeah. It's okay. Are you still there? Hello. Okay, Anybody I'm there back. Is that any better? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't want to lose any of your your blessed yeah. words. Is that any better? You're good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, so it it was it was very powerful, but I also needed a nudge. I was a little bit on the jaded side, not so much about the race more so about kind of I've been to a lot of these marches just like kind of what Clinton was talking about wanting to make sure that there is lasting impact and um, you know wanting to make sure that it wasn't just going to be something that would fade after a a bunch of people showed up and had a good time and not so I'm very grateful and and I am grateful for you for um, always being one of my truth tellers in life Thanks for calling in. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah, now you're talking about, you know, going forward and, and making change. And and maybe this is a good point here where we can transition into our our next um, segment, which where we're going to be, like, talking a little bit about the momentum, keeping the momentum going and what we can do and what um, what is planned going forward. Um, I was reading on the in your the platform for the for the women's march. Just gosh, it's such wonderful content. If anybody wants to go to the website and look up women's march, um, and you can you guys, I'll I'll let you uh, clarify your uh, locations where people can get more information. But when I'm reading and seeing the principles that are guiding and the the platform. Um, it's it's amazing. It kind of just hits on all these wonderful guiding points uh, um, and drawing on um, MLK's um, vision of of how to protest. And it's it's very very inspiring. But one of the things that's said in your platform is that this the march is the first step toward unifying our communities grounded in new relationships to create change from the grassroots level up. My question, to throw it out there, and I guess I'll, I'll hit up Michelle because I'm seeing her name before me right now, but you can pass it off to someone else if you like. What is the second step? 
Well, actually, I think that I will pass on to Marie because I think Marie has some good things to tell you about March on Maryland. Lovely. Take it away, Marie. Hi. Um, start by talking about the National Organization Second Step, and I will say that the general approach is the next step is activism. We all have to take on the role of being activists. And on the national website, you'll see that they have given us marching orders, per se, which is that we need to do 10 actions in 100 days. We are now beyond the third action. Um, The first action was sending out postcards, writing postcards to senators, um, and sort of making sure that our senators understand that we are here, we are still engaged, that it was not just January 21st was just not a one-time thing. It was a call for us to get engaged and stay engaged. Um, People sent out thousands and thousands of postcards to senators, probably annoying them, but that's what we are supposed to do as citizens is engage. And if we have to annoy, the second action um, is the huddle. And that means gather where you are in your community. Talk about ways in which you can engage in your community through activism that changes things right where you stand and perhaps reverberate throughout the country. The Maryland chapter has already had its first huddle. We had our huddle on um, February 25th, and look out for future huddles by... uh, if you're in, the, in our email list, you'll be getting emails about any future huddles, and all are welcome. The other way to find out about a huddle is to go to the national website, which is the platform for every state sister mark, and it's a place to go to to find out what's going on in your own community. And I think the third action is going to be a grassroots continuing to do actions like marches, grassroots protests, meetings, actions. That's ongoing. As we have been seeing with the recess, people going and talking to their congresspeople, talking to the power, letting them know what's a priority for them. So there's a lot of ongoing activities. I can say as for, the, for myself and um, the main organizer for Maryland, Stacy Small, we are going on to do nonviolence training. We do, in preparation for the march, we have done some nonviolence training, and we are taking our show on the road, per se, on um, March 27th at 6 p.m. We'll be at Labyrinth Books in Princeton, New Jersey, and she and I are going to address whoever shows up the crowd of people that we hope to be there about using nonviolence in our activism. And um, we will conduct bystander intervention training, share some stories and some techniques that we got from the Montgomery County Civil Rights Coalition. Um, We're hopeful that we can do that some more in our area or in in other areas because when we talk about activism, we, we need tools to be activists. More than sharing information, it's also about 
engaging with other people, and when you do engagement and when you take a stand and you protest, you have to have tools in order to make it work. And we get these tools from people who preceded us in nonviolent activism like Gandhi and Dr. Martin Luther King and many others. So having this at a bookstore, we're also going to have a book list to share with attendees and whoever visits the Labyrinth Books website. I encourage all of you to, to go there. Um, Labyrinth Books, located in Princeton, New Jersey. To get some great ideas about books on nonviolence, and thank you. That's you guys definitely have a plan. Um, I was like, oh, what, what are we going to do next? And there's a plan, and it's a great plan. And I love uh, how you're proceeding and how proactive it all is. It's definitely what we need to be doing. I was wondering um, here in in Austin, there is a, a a bunch of resist meetup groups, and I know there um, that the meetup dot com group. Um, after uh, it was beginning of February, I think they sent out a big notice. And I know, I don't know if you guys know about meetups, but they're, you know, meetup.com has all these meetups on different things that people are interested in and you can go meet other people. And they, you know, sent out a big message and said, we're, we're fed up. We have to use our platform in a good way. And we want to um, start um, championing, um, you know, equality, you know, and, social justice and so they set up this thing called hashtag resist um, meetup groups and man I signed up and I'm getting hit constantly with another resist group over here another one there and uh, I think they said they were partnering with the women's march among other things too so I think that's another do you know about that um, the the resist groups is that another is is that anything you guys know about or is that just something I'm hearing out here I'm not familiar with them. Okay. I'm not okay. familiar with them. But I think the thing is that it's all taking different forms all over the country. Yeah. So what's happening yeah. where you are might be different than what's happening here in, in D.C. or in the DMV area. Right. So we're right. all doing right. different things, but it's, it's, all right. very, it's all taking on different forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the grassroots is part of what we're, we're talking about and the, the individual mm-hmm. stepping up. Um, That's right. Yep. Well, and, um, this is Michelle. Oh. Go ahead, Michelle. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one of the things that I've done, I think I mentioned or sort of alluded to it earlier, was that sort of for me the next phase has been suddenly um, I'm doing some pro bono immigration work, um, and it started because I have friends who are immigration attorneys, and when things happened with the ban, they were actually at Dulles Airport um, and they needed support. So we were doing things like collecting pens, paper, taking them snacks. And one of my friends just looked at me and she said, you speak Spanish, you need to be doing this. And I said, you know what, you're right, I do. I need to, I need to show up and I need to sacrifice. And so um, I'm planning on, you know, going down to a detention center and I'm getting my training and that's my next step. You know, okay, this, mm-hmm. is, this is what I'm going to do because it's, mm-hmm. it's not just about who is affected in my immediate community. It's about what are my skills and talents and where do they go sort of naturally. And this is where I go naturally. I go to immigration. Um, And so I'll be doing that that next. And I'm hoping that um, the time that I spend, and actually I'll be hoping very specifically women and children who are um, in a detention center in Dilly, Texas, 
Um, mm-hmm. And what better way to do it? They're they're all three of my things right there. <laughs> it, it's it's nothing but perfect, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, to the work that I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. Trina, did you have any questions you wanted to ask? Oh, um, yes, and I think that's really powerful. I actually going to circle back to you before we wrap up, Michelle, to let you know about something else that's going on on the Power Network that you might want to tag into. Um, I wanted to. I, I thought we'd be remiss if we ended this show without mentioning um, the International Women's Day. Um, mm protests that happened just last week. Um, mm-hmm. Were any of you involved in that? And if so, can you share what what your experience was? This is Marie. Nobody. For the okay, Marie. Day, yes, for the International Women's Day, people were encouraged. I don't know if everyone knows this, but not only were we encouraged to avoid any paid or unpaid labor, but we were also encouraged to support our community in various other ways. Wear red because the national organizers of the Women's March who who um, asked us to engage in this activism realized that some people cannot stay from right. home from work. So wear red, right. and if you wear a uniform, wear a red ribbon, for example. And another thing that we were encouraged to do was to support women-owned, minority-owned, and small business, small owned businesses. Um, so they were various ways to engage. And I did have to do paid labor that day, but we did support by wearing red and by talking with everyone who dealt with that day about mm-hmm. the greater cause of mm-hmm. the fact that women's rights are human rights. Right. This is Wendy. I, um, I, you know, I had, um, I did, uh, I was able to not go to work that day, and I had every intention of going to the women's rally in D.C., but I was sick, so I did go to my female doctor that day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was able to support her that day. Um, and you know, and then, and then of course, I have to lay on the couch and, and wear my red sweater and, and watch the, the the rally um, on television. But um, but I but I really supported the, the the concept and you know the idea of whether you call it a strike or you just called it you know wearing something in support, whatever whatever your terminology was. You know, um, I think what was great about it was that there was uh, there was recognition of the day from people who wouldn't normally have recognized International Women's Day um, with the attention that A Day Without a Woman got. And, um, and I thought that was great. What I, what I wish um, um, could have happened was that there were whole communities of, of women who did not know about it. And, and so I think that, um, you know, those of us who are sort of involved, um, you know, I think the, the challenge for us is to make sure that we're able to get across all the tiers of all the communities um, to make sure that we are having conversations with with people about how this impacts them and making sure that they have access to this information. Absolutely. Laura, do you have another question? Um, yeah, what was the question? That I, oh, let me see, go back here. Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess one of the things that I was thinking about quite a bit, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, when when they're, and this is this is about going forward, and but it's also you were talking about training on, you know, peace peacefulness and all that. I I'm wondering what can we do when we get um, an ignor sort of ignorance of the cause a little bit or some resistance um, from people that we might even think should be with us that see something mm. somehow wrong or threatening. Um, is there any kind of a way that you, one of you might recommend on how to kind of, other than just, you know, keep your cool and all that, how would you kind of meet that resistance or maybe um, share a, a, a better concept of the way to talk about it so as to get people to understand a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Sure, this is Michelle here. Um, I'll talk about it because I think I have a whole circle of people around me who in many ways um, who don't support this and they don't see the point in it and they, they're like, this is, this is, you know, we've got this and we've got that and how can you just focus on this, uh, this one issue? Um, and the way that I've been approaching it, I will say in the beginning, I would get very bristled <laughs> because when you're passionate yeah. about something, you want other people to accept it and you want them to be passionate too, but that wasn't happening. And actually I've had many side chats with Stacey uh, um, Small um, and I've talked about these things with other people with, within my group and I say, this is a resistance I'm meeting. So I talk with her, maybe I talk with Marie, I talk with other people who are like-minded and say, how can I think this through? How can I talk about this with another person and what I find is I have not changed the minds of any of those people let me tell you they are (laughs) more strongly I haven't I haven't changed their minds but at least now we're having a conversation it went from you shouldn't be doing this this is a crazy waste of your time etc etc to okay well now I see your point I see why you might have decided to do that and I've accepted that I can't change minds but perhaps incrementally we can start to understand each other little by little and that's sort of what I'm shooting for I you know you gotta let it go you can't get mad people aren't accepting your same idea okay that's not happening but maybe you can just hear what I'm saying and maybe I can hear what you're saying and I can take what I've done is I've taken a lot of the things that in in particular uh, women of color have been telling me things that they think are important and I've been taking that back with me and figuring out how do we address this issue in some of the work that we're doing here? How do we make yeah. sure that that doesn't happen again? Um, right. And it's and that has been a really wonderful, like, it's a feedback loop, right? Like, in a, and not a, like, negative one. Like, I'm getting information from someone who, doesn't dis- who disagrees with me. I take that, I think about it, and then I use it going forward to sort of change or adjust or adapt it the type of work that I'm doing either in the immigration stuff that I'm doing or, you know, in the work that we're continuing to do as part of the Women's March. Thank you. I love that. And I think it's so important. I mean, I think the whole, if we want to be heard, then we have to listen to. And I think if anything, Mm -hmm. at this time in our experience here, that it really is about understanding um, things kind of rose to the surface with the election and everything, but in a way, this misunderstandings and lack of communication was going to go on if it didn't come up to a head. So I I love what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I totally agree. We have to just listen, and if it doesn't convert anybody, at least we've heard each other, um, mm-hmm. and that's huge. That's huge. Thank you. 
Awesome. And, and yeah, I love the fact that you are providing that feedback loop as well, Marie, because yeah. that really is, yeah. is only going to strengthen the entire effort even more and have people yeah. understand that there are, are people who do have reservations or who, you know, you never know what kind of impact that might make down the line, not only just for this moment in time, but even for yeah. people who are in the in the space of organizing and leading and what they can do to kind of shift their expectations or their ways of being so that they can be more inclusive and and also be ready to hear more people. So um, yeah. we're actually coming up on the end. Laura, were you yeah. gonna say something? Or who was no, that? Not me. This no. is this is this is Wendy. I was just gonna say I was just gonna agree with um Michelle Marie and just say one of the way the reasons I think we have become so polarized as a country is because we have um we have taken on the habit of, of, of retreating into our separate camps based on mm-hmm. um being with people who who think the way we do. And one of the the only way I think we're going to change that is by is by forcing ourselves to remain in relationship with people who think differently, and that's really hard to do. I mean, I know that I really struggle with that, but it's only by being in close proximity with people who think really differently than us then then we can we understand you know how people are and and that might sort of kind of help us kind of you know sort of get the way they're thinking but but that's how we're going to begin to influence people. But as long as we remain in our separate silo camps, we will never get, um, you know, the, the sense that, that there are whole groups of people in this, this country who feel that they are sort of disenfranchised of, and are disillusioned, whether, you know, whatever we think of that perception. Uh, but we've got to understand it and we've got to be able to speak to it. And then we've got to be able to... to on, a, on an emotional level, beyond move beyond the cognitive, so that people can really begin to see how some of the policies that are, for example, being being enacted now, impact people on a personal level. Um, that's the only way that that we're really going to be able to change people's minds because we have to change hearts and minds. It can't just be minds. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are actually at the tail end of the hour, and what I'm going to do is just pause uh, because we just kind of just rolled right through from one topic to the next. I am going to pause to acknowledge some shows that are coming up, Um, and uh, we have one more caller. We're going to take the caller, and um, there's a call with the 703 area code. I'm putting your mic on now. Hi, thank you. My name is Eli from Virginia. Hi, Eli. Thanks for calling. Hey, I was I was interested in listening to you guys, but I haven't heard really what the complaint is and and how to address it and what caused it. I know you guys you have mean- a you, you you guys are complaining. You have some issue that you're concerned with, but I I'm, I'm trying to follow and find out what it is, and you said you wanted to talk to people from different camps. Maybe we can help resolve these problems. Certainly. So um, this this show is not about a complaint, actually, but it's actually a, about celebrating the fact that people are really becoming more aware uh, and and the, the 
so I'll take a, the first stab, and if someone else wants to jump in, that's fine. But the Women's March in in general was really based on the the core principles that people were being disenfranchised around uh, gay LGBTQ issues, uh, women's reproductive rights, um, the the regressive immigration tactics and strategies that are happening, uh, and also um, rollbacks that are being put in place around environment. Ladies, did I miss anything? Um, I think that what we're trying to deal with right now is what to do after we had a historic march on Washington and we sent out a message to the nation, to the new administration, and to the world that women's rights are human rights. Our discussion today is about what what do we do, what was our experience there, um, how did we have such a successful event, and what do we do now? Well, with respect yes. to reproductive rights, what what exactly is the what is your, exactly is your complaint? Because I'm not aware of any reproductive rights, women being denied reproductive rights in the United States. Oh well, there. I mean, actually, I'm, it's unfortunate that you called at such a late hour in the show because we really are like about to sign off. But there have been um, quite a number of policies and um, rollbacks towards uh, women's rights related to that. And so if you were able to, to actually look some some laws that are being put forward online and, and, and things of that nature, you might learn a little bit more about that, but we really do well, not for, have the time to address that one, right at this moment. Could you, could you give me one example of one law, one particular law? Well, we can't really right now because the show is – literally wrapping up in a minute uh but but thank okay, you for well, for calling and we, we're glad about your voice and certainly you can make it heard um just like we all can um but this isn't the moment for it but but thank you for okay. for the call very well appreciated okay, well, thank you i'll listen i'll listen are you guys on every week at this time we'll be uh, on no, this we is other special, programming yeah this is a special broadcast um hmm. so thank you again for calling in eli well thank you Okay, so um, so what we're going to do, and I'm going to um, forego um, mentioning the upcoming shows because we're 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 wrapping up with time. But what I would like to do is just go round robin and ask each each uh, woman who is here online to um, share a final thought or suggestion to anyone who is listening. And uh, Marie, I'll start with you. Um. First of all, Tina and Laura, thank you so much, so much for having for having, uh, I appreciate your, your willingness and patience for giving us a voice after the Women's March. I would say to, to anyone who's listening, do something. Um, the first thing you can do is to engage in microactivism and make sure that you ask around the people around you. If people are interested, give them information. Maybe you can't do something big, but you can call some a, a member of Congress. You can support someone, let's say on Twitter, who has a bigger megaphone than you to make sure that they reach even more people by retweeting and liking and that sort of thing. But find 
something that you can do every day. Even just passing on a positive message is something that contributes to this movement. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that really is the, the essence of it. It's really getting back to that personal individual responsibility because we can march and we can have conversations like this, but if we don't act, it really is all for naught. So thank you so much, Marie, for taking the time and for all of your passion and contributions that you are continuing to make towards really having people to um, – to be heard and to to contribute in this way. Okay, I'm going to pass it to um, Jenna. Oh, okay. sorry, you cut out just when you said. I didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Um, I think that the thing that um, has resonated with me and that I say with people when they say, "What can I do? How do I make a difference?" This is, you know, what can I do? Um, I think that what people need to understand is that this is going to require some sacrifice. You're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable. You're going to have to have a conversation about something that you don't know about, or you're going to have to learn something. You might have to give money to someone else to help support them to do something um, that they're uh, trying to, where they're trying to make a difference. Or if you're like me, you give your time and your effort to go and do something, but if you don't, um, you need to understand that it takes sacrifice. We're not going to be able to make any changes if we're not all willing to be slightly uncomfortable, to learn something new, and that's the only way we can push ourselves forward. A little bit of sacrifice, a little bit of uncomfortableness, um, or a lot of uncomfortableness, but I think this is such a critical moment in our nation's history that we all have to get very uncomfortable, and we all have to make those sacrifices, and hopefully we can after this, we can start moving forward in some of the healing and some of the, you know, discussions that we need to have here. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect final final thoughts. And Wendy? Great. So, um, first of all, I just want to thank you, uh, Trina and Laura, for the opportunity to, to talk today. And to, I think, want to thank Michelle and Marie for, for just being able to share this space with you two powerful women. Um, I want to build on what Michelle and Marie have said about needing to sacrifice and to do microactivism. And I don't have anything new to add about that except that I would like to give two very concrete things that people can do. One is to download the Indivisible Guide, which gives you very, very clear step-by-step um, um, actions on how you can go about um, um, doing microactivism. And the second thing that you can do is you can download an app called Five Calls, and it, it really walks you through step-by-step step how you can follow bills that are, are currently um, um, out that, that you might want to act on. It, gives you, it leads you to the, um, to the phone numbers of your local lawmakers if you just put in your address, and it will help you track um, who you've called and how frequently you've called them, and it, it tabulates, um, you know, sort of aggregated um, information on who's calling which lawmakers. And so it, it, it can make this as easy for you as possible so that you can pick up your phone in the morning and you can, pull, you know, pull out that app and just press the number and it even gives you a script. So, um, so there are some, some things you can do. <laughs> Perfect, perfect, perfect. And can um someone share the uh, the website for the um 
for the Women's March and also um, how to get in touch with the Maryland chapter? The Women's March website is www.womensmarch.com. Okay. And you can reach the Maryland chapter through the Women's March. As a matter of fact, I know this is um, a national national broadcast. You can reach any of the Sister March um, websites through the Women's March, and that's the best way, frankly, to to reach us. Perfect. Perfect. And as someone mentioned earlier, you can sign up for um, for updates, and so that you can get clued in and participate in the future actions of these 100 days of action as well. Okay, so we are going to wrap. Laura, um, do you have any final words that you want to share? You know, all I want to do is just uh, thank everybody for coming on the program and your passion and your clarity and your love is clear and resonating. And if we're I, I want to, you make me want to just really, I never thought of myself as an activist. I have a very activist heart, but I'm not necessarily someone that goes out and does stuff. And you just make me want to jump up and start running out and doing good for the world and coming at it from a standpoint of love and from power rather than anger or fear. Um, so I guess that's, that's what I want to say is you inspire me. Um, and I'm just so glad to be a, a, a part of a movement that um, really just wants to make a change for good. Awesome. Awesome. And again, I want to echo Laura's um, thanks. Again, we are on the Power Network on Blog Talk Radio. We have a collection of various uh, hosts that are having shows, but we decided to uh, sponsor this show as the Power Network uh, writ large because we thought this was a really important moment in our in our history and um, such a powerful movement that we wanted to spend some time highlighting it. And uh, there is actually another show coming up on Thursday on the Power Network, which is um, through the the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora, and it's about immigration. Uh, it's under siege, regressive immigration tactics. It's on the Power Network, and it will be 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And I want to close with um, my favorite quote, one of my favorite is Margaret Mead, which says, small group, or a large group, or a million people, of committed citizens can change mm-hmm. the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So thank mm-hmm. you again, ladies, for mm-hmm. being on our panel. Thank you to everyone who has called in and and shared your comments, asked questions, and for those who called in simply to listen. We appreciate your presence, and we definitely encourage you to go out there and get involved And because we all matter and we all can make a difference. So good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.